everybody. Welcome to the Northern Logger Podcast. In this episode, part two of our series on vertical integration, we interview Jason Brochu, who along with his brother and co-president, Chris Brochu, have revived their family's logging business after a 20-year hiatus under the umbrella of Pleasant River Lumber Company in central Maine. We're also joined by Toby Pineo, the general manager of ANA Brochu Logging. For more background on vertical integration, and to hear my discussion with Lime Adirondack Forest Company's general manager, Eric Ross, about their decision to add an in-house logging and a road building crew to their working forest conservation easement, check out our previous episode, Vertical Integration Part 1. Just a quick note, this interview was recorded in late March of this year, before Pleasant River Lumber sold two of its white pine mills to Robbins Lumber. In the interview, Jason mentions that they have four sawmills, but they currently have two mills. Without further ado, here's my interview with Pleasant River Lumber and ANA Brochu Logging. Yeah, my brother and I are co-presidents, and we're also the owners, so we, we own it together. Toby, you're the GM of ANA Brochu Logging. That's correct. Been here since May of, uh, of last year. Maybe you can just introduce yourselves briefly. You want to go first, Toby? Or? Sure, I'll go. I I, uh, I, I joined uh, Chris and Jason's team last May, as I mentioned. I uh, was with, uh, I have a forest engineering uh, bachelor's degree from the University of Maine and an uh, MBA from the University of Western Ontario. And I was an officer in the United States Marine Corps. And then when I got out of there, I went to work for, for Irving, J.D. Irving Limited. And I was with them for 18 years. And uh have uh, been approaching a year now with Chris and Jason's team. You have a lot of experience. I do, and I'm gaining more every day. Yes, every day is a win. But uh, yes, yes, I like to, I like to think that uh, it's, it's been a real good fit. Actually, been a good fit for all of us. I think you got a lot of experience. Now you're going to get the gray hair. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. Yeah. Yeah. So Chris and I. Uh, uh, well, I guess I'll, I'll just kind of go over what the company is because that's kind of what what we are at the same time. Um, so our, our family grew up in, in this, uh, well, actually our parents originally from Canada, but they moved as children to Jackman and then eventually to Stratton. Um, and that's where A&A Brochure Logging was originally formed. Um, and A&A Brochure has been showcased, I think once or twice way back in the Northern Logger. So there's some history mm-hmm. there. Yeah, there's uh, there's one from A&A, and then there's, there's a Pleasant River Lumber one, too, where Chris and I are leaning on a bundle. They did an article here. That was probably 15 years ago, so uh, okay. we're in there a few times, yeah. Um, so, yeah, our father and uncle were the A and the A, Andrew and Adrian, and they started the logging business in Stratton, and they grew it and, you know, became very prominent loggers in Maine. Um, in the... Uh, early 80s, late 70s, early 80s, they decided they wanted to build a sawmill in Stratton. Uh, so they partnered with the Fontaine family and built Stratton Lumber. Oh, and wow. They owned, they, at, uh, well, it was uh, father and uncles owned that right up until 2004. Um, my uncle, who was the other A and A and A brochure, unfortunately died in 1992 in a snowmobile accident. Uh, so my father kept the logging going for a while and eventually wound it down and sold it to one of his brothers and and that left him kind of semi-retired with the sawmills um in 2004 he put together a group which included my brother and i to buy pleasant river lumber um so 
we basically owned that, updated it into the mid 2000s. Around 2010, we started to grow. Um, about the same time, our uncle started to retire, and we had a couple other partners, and things kind of went along for a, for a decade or so um, with some growth and some retirement. And in 2018, it was everything was owned by my brother, uh, myself, and my father. Um, that point we had a few mills you know we were starting to get into trucking and you know we had we had a decent amount going on um since then we lost our dad in 2019 and and of course going through covid and all this stuff we you know we had some opportunities to grow further um so now we've got the company um besides from the logging which we'll get into later the company consists of uh four sawmills um, we've got a retail division that has 15 stores. Uh, we've got a log home division. We make cedar log home kits and sell those all over the place. Um, and then, and then, in addition to all that, we've got the logging and trucking off to the side. It seems like you've expanded a lot in the last three or four years. Yeah, we have, and and the logging, um, the logging and trucking has grown. Well, our retail side has grown a lot through acquisitions and we bought some stores and, you know, we've added a lot of people there, but the logging and trucking has grown exponentially really over the last year. You know, we've, we've been, been back in it for a few years now, but it's grown like crazy over the last year. You did mention you originally started as a logging company. So have mm-hmm. you always had, was logging always a, a, a part of your business? No, it took a it took about a twenty year pause. Okay, all right, yeah, right. so, that's kind of what I gathered, but um, yeah, I just wanted to confirm. Our father, that. our father wound down A and A Brochure in the early two thousands, like right around two thousand, and then logging was off. You know, then it was a focus on mills and other things, sawmills. We brought logging back a few years ago. Um, I think it was two thousand twenty when we bought our first processor and, and forwarder and started to do some thinning, um, some thinning because uh, we, we were building a small a small wood mill. So we wanted to try to supplement the supply for that mill by doing some of our own thinning. And that grew, you know, that grew to several processors and we had, you know, pretty, pretty decent operation going on there. And then uh, it's grown since then. So is that the main reason why you got back into logging? Yeah, yeah, that's the main reason. Yeah, we saw we saw uh, both an opportunity and a, a gap in what was being done out there where there's a lot of land and a lot of it ties back to the spruce budworm or when Great Northern was prominent and they were, you know, they were cutting a lot on the Golden Road and replanting it and it had and thinned. A lot of this land hadn't been thinned, and the size of wood that would come out of those thinnings fit perfectly with the mill that we were building and starting to expand on. So we wanted to do what we could to provide that service to the landowner when a lot of loggers didn't, you know, they didn't really want to do that thinning type of stuff. So we've stayed pretty prominent in that as well. We still do a lot of thinning. You've, you acquired some, some logging businesses, and I was you know, wondering if you could tell me a little bit about that. And is it because of the, um, I don't know, the contraction in, um, or, you know, the logging capacity has gone down recently? Um, or I guess, yeah, tell me a little bit about that. Well, I'll talk about, 
kind of the acquisitions real quick. Toby can talk about kind of where we're at now as far as our size and scale. Um, but, you know, basically there, there were a decent number of contractors in our area who were reaching an age where they were starting to think about retirement, but hadn't really, you didn't really have a succession plan as far as, you know, a lot of people, their kids weren't, you know, are not in the industry and, you know, they don't have people coming up behind them to take over. And everything kind of came to a head when fuel first spiked last year. And it was, you know, at springtime, a lot of people touched their equipment and said, we're not going back in the woods. So we started, we started kind of thinking, geez, if, if this many people don't go back in the woods, we've got a major supply issue. Um, so we talked to a few contractors and in a fairly short period of time, we had bought several contractors, bought their equipment. Most of them stayed on with us to continue to work and help through transition and stuff. So really it, it, it happened fairly quickly out of a kind of a crisis situation. And then we've, and then we've continued to grow it since then. So that's kind of what, that's kind of what got us into the, the mass uh, rapid growth as far as logging. And that's what got us, to go from beyond thinning into, you know, mechanized logging and, and more conventional logging. Toby, you're um, leading that part of the business. It's under ANA brochure. Um, so how, how many um, logging crews do you have? Um, you know, depending on how you define that a little bit, because you got some hybrid systems and that kind of thing. But really, I'd say 18 crews. Um, with, within that, there's really a couple subcontractors that that also work under us. So I'd say 18 crews, and that's just about that's split down the middle between cut to link systems and uh, full tree systems. You know, with fellow bunchers, um, we're at about 68 people, I think, today in total. That's including administrative personnel, uh, support people like like mechanics and that kind of thing, um, accountants, you know, that that kind of thing. So it so it did grow quite quickly, as Jason mentioned. Um, within that group, I guess really it's four acquisitions of various sizes that we've taken on since, since last, uh, April, I guess. Um, and, and a lot of those employees stayed on and the supervision is, uh, largely came from those acquisitions as well. So yeah, yeah very rapid growth. Once one, you buy these, you buy these systems, you also buy all the people and the personalities and, and meshing that all together is where a lot of the a lot of the magic is. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's important to note, Toby, uh, the what ANA brochure logging and ANA brochure trucking fall under the same umbrella. Um, yes. But we but we treat the trucking company different than the logging company. Um, we've got about seventy trucks in our fleet right now, and about half of them are in the woods hauling roundwood. The other half are hauling residuals from the sawmills. Um, we've got we've got that integrated together and we've been trying to kind of grow them at the same time which creates some challenges but we are very very focused on hauling wood and you know like i said i think this year we'll probably have 40 trucks dedicated to hauling out of the woods wow that's huge um yeah tremendous tremendous advantage for us really a lot of people can cut can cut more wood than they can move and that seems to be fairly industry-wide and and we uh in the, you know regionally at least in the area that we operate and uh, just a, it's a huge advantage for us and, and we haul a lot for other loggers as well it's not, it's not mm -hmm. just right yeah we haul was, all of our own wood but we haul for other folks as well okay right i was going to ask that um mm -hmm. so it's a lot to 
a lot of logistics uh, happening, I guess. Um, so, uh, and how far do you how far do you haul the the wood to and from? Uh, we do, you know, obviously we try to do as many short hauls as possible in, in local yards and that thing. I guess the longest haul is, is a little over 100 miles. Uh, that's a rarity, though. Um, but as spring, as spring comes and we, um, you know, we, we stop most of our operations in the woods, we'll, we'll haul from yards. And some of those um, will be a little bit longer hauls, but uh, we'll keep the trucks busy through the, through the spring and keeps, you know, keep keep from depleting mill inventories too drastically. So we've been focusing on short hauls through the winter. All within the state of Maine? Yeah, all within the state of Maine, really. Yeah. Okay. I guess that makes it easier. I guess, what is it like for the, the people uh, on your team? Are they uh, full-time employees? And, you know, what kind of benefits do they get? Yes, they're, uh, they're all full-time. Uh, and one thing that we, we've, we've you know we're adamant that the the loggers out there in our opinion haven't been necessarily treated fairly over over time and haven't had access to you know the pay and benefits that they they deserve um you know if you have a if you have somebody running a $600,000 piece of equipment and making hundreds of quite consequential decisions every single day to make you know a little over minimum wage is is not acceptable to us and so we're really trying to to change that and uh the folks that work for us on the logging side have access to the same benefits packages that our folks in the mills have you know we have medical dental 401k short-term long-term disability hsa uh you know discount discount program at our uh, at our building supply stores which has proven to be very popular by the way and uh so so things like that that they're not used to not used to having in the industry um yeah. Uh, we have, you know, building supply stores. Jason mentioned we have a retail division and we have, yeah, we have 15 uh, stores where you can buy, you know, lumber and, you know, hardware and OSB and plywood and that kind of thing. And, and uh, as being part of the, you know, under the, the larger uh, umbrella, they have access to that as a, as a nice little perk for working for us. And uh, that's, that's proven to be quite beneficial to a lot of people. So there's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of benefits that a lot of people take for granted in other industries that a lot of loggers have, it's been a very rare event where a logger has had access to those. And we, we, we don't, we, it's kind of shameful really. We, we think um, it, they do, they, they work hard, they get up early. They, they, you know, there, there are easier ways to make a living than being a logger. Right. But, but um they they deserve better. We're trying to help. We're just trying to help move the needle a little bit to to well, make the industry attractive. That's that's the key right there is to is to get to get people in the industry and excited about it and involved in it. You know that that's really we've struggled with that as an industry for the past fifteen twenty years. So we've had this aging force, you know, and a lot of these people are ready to retire and you know and and have have worked you know well into their late sixties even early seventies and very. Ch- that we need to bring the next generation of logger into the industry. And, you know, so we're trying to do what we can to bring a lot of, you know, of the next generation logger in. Well, that, you know, the, the, the methods of logging and the methods of time management and, you know, the, the, the new generation of people is different than the old generation. And you got to acknowledge it. 
and you've got to adapt to it. And that's what we're trying to do. And I think we're, we've had a lot of success. Toby and, you know, the whole crew over there has done an awesome job. And if you, if you look around at our group of people that are in the woods, you see a lot of youth and, you know, there's a lot of excitement there and it's, it's really fun to watch. That's amazing to hear. You know, I've been reading a lot and hearing a lot about the, the crisis in uh, logging capacity and how, you know, there aren't enough loggers to, you know, do the job and, and take over when people retire. So um, I, I kind of think perhaps this different model might be one of the solutions to that problem. That's exactly what we're trying to do. And I think, uh, you know, we can bring a lot of energy to it and we can, that can spread throughout the industry, you know, and we really, you know, we really, you know, the, the, these mills that we have and then, you know, all the other mills that exist, you know, the, they, they, they live and die by the logger. You know, if we don't have woods there, the trees are growing, there's plenty of wood in Maine to satisfy, you know, what we consume, but we need to have it cut and it needs to come out of the woods. And, you know, that, you know, that, that fundamental part of the industry needs to be taken care of and it's suffered for too long. So. Right. For sure. For um, sure. Are there, do you see more um, younger people uh, joining your teams or what's the average age of a uh, person in your logging crews? We, 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 we are seeing a, a lot of uh, excitement and uh, it's a youthful enthusiasm uh, is, is certainly, it's, it's, it's changing. Um, a, a couple of years, last time I heard the you know, the data nugget, I think it was the average logger in Maine was 59 years old. Um, this, and, and I don't think it's changed much. It's maybe, maybe it's crossed to 60. I, I don't know, but within our company, we've really um, been successful in, in getting people interested in, in coming on board and, and not just within the logging industry, right? If they move from another contractor, you know, the, the, the logging capacity doesn't really change across the state, but you got to get people outside of the logging industry to come into your industry, right? And we're starting to starting to have some some good luck there as well. Um, and it and it's, and it's it's not you know it's pay and benefits sure, but it's it's having um, you know good you know fairly late model equipment, which we've done a lot of updating of our equipment there, and um, you know there, there's 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 some enthusiasm that I just feel like the industry has been lacking and I, it feels like the flywheel starting to turn a little bit and we're trying to get it going faster and faster. And, and it, it's, we got some, we got some serious traction there, I think. And um, yeah, we're excited about where we're headed here. You know, what kind of uh, equipment operators um, do you need right now? Uh, is there anything in particular that you're, I don't know, lacking or um, need, you know, experienced people for. We've uh, we right now currently we've we've um, we just picked up some very good young people that uh, you know the cut to length operators are really you know they need very good hand eye coordination, good decision making skills. Got to be able to think on their feet. They got to be reasonably mechanically sound so that they don't need a mechanic for the the smallest little thing. Right. We've picked up s some good young people. Very. Uh, just recently and really filled all of our current holes there. Of course, with that many, with as many employees as we have, there's always some kind of a churn going on. Right. But really we're in pretty good shape right now with, with you know, spring season coming. We'll, we'll see how that plays out. But, um, 
in, in brushing in very broad strokes, you know, our cut to length fleet of equipment and people is very, very new and quite young. Our, our full tree equipment and the full tree equipment is, is for the most part been refreshed and is quite new. Our, our, our average age of our workforce on the full tree side, you know, skitter, delimmer, um, and um, a full a bunch of kind of a system is, is, is older, right? And so we've got to decide where we're headed next here and, and whether we go into more cut to length or uh, we, we're going to need a few full tree systems, but we may be transitioning into uh, probably more cut to length going forward or more of a hybrid system going forward. And that's, probably is going to lead to an even younger workforce, I would think. And there's a big, big benefit of the weeks of service. You know, we can, we can get, you know, quite a few more weeks every year out of the cut to length, you know, for a variety of different reasons that we can't get out of the, the whole tree. So that, that appeals to us, you know, some consistency and not having to lay people off in the spring. And, you know, we, we you know, we think all of that contributes to, you know, better recruitment process as well. So. Mm -hmm. Right. Right now, what is the ratio between the, the two systems? Just about half and half. Uh, it's we had nine cut to link systems and, and, and nine full tree. Again, depends a little bit on how you count some of these hybrid systems. You know, we we're pre-felling for processors with a fellow buncher ahead and really really increase the production of those systems quite substantially doing that. So um, getting nitpicky a little bit, but I'd say 50, 50 is a good, that's a good, it's a good number to put on it right now. Right. And so what areas um, in Maine do you operate? Um, we're really all through the central Maine area and, and a lot of people would call it Northern Maine, but really, um, you know, we're eight, Within that Millinocket and the Lincoln area, which is you know essentially mid-state, we're basically crossing the entire state in an east-to-west direction. So, um, very you know half of the state basically, but uh, let's say middle on a north-south line. Yeah, a lot of ground. Yeah, um, so you're pretty spread out. We're very spread out. Um, we, we, we've we've operated over on, on 30 different landowners uh, since last spring, and, and for the most part, large industrial landowners with you know tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of acres of, of land. I've uh, also operated on smaller private lots, although not in huge numbers. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, we cover a lot of ground, and, and you know just keeping just keeping adequate amounts of wood in front of that many crews covering that much ground is, is, is a job in, of it, in and of itself. So yeah, we, we've covered a lot of ground for sure. And is it mainly um, spruce, fir, and pine, the, the type of species that go to your mills? Yeah, those those are the species that we prefer to go to our, that we, that are, that we take to our mills, yes. Um, um, so we're cutting a lot of other species. It's not, it's not just, it's not really just company crew for our mills. That's really not the way it is. We're really cutting all species that we, we encounter that the prescription that the forester asked for, and it's, it's going everywhere in the state. And, you know, we're trying to, we're trying to do what we can do and uh, treat people well. And Jason mentioned when I, when I came to meet with him about this position that you do the right things and things tend to work out for you. And I agree hundred percent. We're trying to do the right thing there. And, and some of the wage, some of the wages that you hear that people have been paying, you just, it's just not right. It's just very, very simply not right. 
and we, very, very good, hardworking people need to make more than that. Yeah. And we believe, you know, like in the, you know, we're, we're in a supply and demand business and, you know, I think it's the same thing for loggers is, you know, the, the, the supply of loggers kind of went down, the demand's going up, you know, and, and, and that's going to cause wage growth as it should, you know, and, and I think that, you know, we, we, we fully support it, you know, and, and, and feel that with what, you know, what responsibilities these people have, you know, they really deserve a very good wage and benefits. Mm. Okay. Thanks, Aaron. You have a good day. Yep. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Well, that wraps up another edition of the Northern Logger podcast. Check out our show notes and read my article in the August 2023 issue of the Northern Logger magazine for more on the topic of vertical integration. You'll also be able to see photographs and read quotes from members of ANA Brochu's logging crew in that issue. If you're not a magazine subscriber, go to our website, northernlogger.com, for more information and to subscribe. Please consider sharing this show with a friend or family member if you think they can get something out of it. As always, thanks for your continued support, and until next time, this is your host, Aaron Kessler, editor of the Northern Logger and Timber Processor magazine based in the quaint town of Old Forge, New York, in the Western Adirondacks. <laughs>